0: We started a series last Sabbath called Beyond Control. In fact, right now, life feels like it is beyond control. Are you with me? And so we are trying to get a semblance of how do we stay, stay healthy. While I don't want to dwell too much on the coronavirus, but I want to look at things in our lives that sometimes uh, we tend to lose control over them. And so last Sabbath, we talked on the theme A generational curse, a generational curse. And this morning I'm bringing you the theme from relapse to restoration. Relapse to restoration. And would you kindly stand with me as we read Genesis chapter 20 verses 1 to verse number 7. In fact I don't know the passage is so powerful I might read a little more verses than that. But join me in standing as we read Genesis chapter 20 verses 1 to number 7 if you be so kind if you're not sick you're you're not you're not hurting uh, join the pastor let him feel comfortable right when he's comfortable he preaches good amen that's right i need to feel good you know you put me in the right place i'll bring the message the right way the right way hallelujah somebody so genesis chapter 20 and verse number one the word of god says and abraham journeyed from thence toward the south country That's a Selatan in Bahasa. And dwelt between Kadesh and Shur. And sojourned in Gerar. In Gerar. And Abraham said of of Sarah, his wife, check this, catch this, don't miss this. She is my sister. (laughs) A wife becomes a sister. That's a strange thing, ladies. Listen to that, ladies. And Abimelech, king of Gerar, sent. And took Sarah. Ooh, he lost control of his wife. But God came to Abimelech in a dream by night and said to him, Behold, thou art a dead man. For the woman which thou hast taken, for she is a man's wife. But Abimelech had not come near her. In other words, they didn't have relations. And he said, Lord, will thou also slay a righteous nation? And said he unto me, she's my sister. And she even herself said, he's my brother. In the integrity of my heart and the innocency of my hands, I have done this. And God said unto him in a dream. God speaks through dreams. (laughs) Yea, I know that thou didst this in the integrity of thy heart. For also I withheld thee from sinning against me, therefore I suffered I thee not to touch her. Now therefore, restore the man, his wife. Catch this. This is beautiful, right here. Catch this, people. For he is a prophet, and he shall pray for thee, and thou shalt live. And if thou restore her not, <laughs> know that you are a dead man, you and all, all thar, that are thine. From relapse to restoration. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, take all of me, every ability that I have, every decibel of my voice, every thought process and every mental capacity and Inject it into this preaching moment. And I pray, Lord, that my brother and sister may not focus on a man, but they focus on Jesus. And that, Lord, they would hear that you have a word for them this morning. We pray, believing in faith, that you have heard our prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Relapse is... Like a dog returning to vomit. If we are honest, many of us relapse. We, we go back to the things that we never said we would go back to. We go back to the same old diets that we say we wouldn't do anymore. We go back to the same habits. Those disturbing habits that we said we wouldn't do anymore, like biting your nails or touching your hair when you talk. We, we, we go back. We, we go back to those relationships. We, we go back to those same people that have injured us. We, we go back to the same things. We, 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 we are like a dog who eats up its own vomit because we believe and we think that, like a dog, the food is good That the, the vomit is food. Somehow we have been so messed up in our heads that we think vomit is good and, and therefore we, we relapse. I don't know if I'm speaking to somebody this morning, but how come that we find ourselves relapsing? We find ourselves going back to the very things we said we wouldn't do. How come? How come? For me, relapse represents a notion of being beyond control. Are you understand what I'm saying? Come on now. Let me come closer to you. You see, when you relapse, you are not really in control. The situation, the habit. That relationship has somehow taken a hold of you. It it has allowed you to loosen the grip of your your, your good sensibilities. It has allowed you to loosen the grip on on common sense. It's as if your hand fills with sweat and you let go of that resolution. You know that resolution you made? At the beginning of the year, that resolution you said, I will, ha- I will work out this year. That resolution you made, I will study this year. But you find yourself, instead of working out, you are sleeping and working on your ability to get rest. Are you understand what I'm saying? Sometimes we, we find ourselves losing things and, and we are relapsing into the very things that we never thought we would do. This morning, the Lord has laid on my heart... The relapse of Abraham in Genesis chapter 20. And if you would follow closely with me, I want you to see how Abraham moves from a relapse to a restoration. And so, uh, allow me to put it to you very clearly at the very beginning. Relapses are real. You guys act like saints in the church this morning. I want to say that again so that you get it. Relapses are real. Okay, no, no problem. I'll leave you alone. You see, Abraham is a man on the move. He has, uh, according to text number one in the chapter, Abraham moves from Kadesh. Uh, he moves from Hebron in Mamre, if you read chapter 18, and he situates himself between Kadesh and Shur. But then, somehow, in Kadesh, he begins to see and realize that. Well, I need to make another, another move. And so Abraham moves to a place we call Girar. Everybody say Gerar. That's a little better, but I hope it will get better. Now, it is interesting in the text. Uh, I didn't put it there, but I, I want to come back. It is interesting in the text. The Bible says Abraham, he, he sojourned. He, he moved. He sojourned. Gur. In Hebrew and here it says he goes to Girah. There's a, a little word plate right there in the text. In other words the text is saying Abraham is a man who is on the move. Truly he is a pilgrim in this land. He hasn't settled and some of you listen to me carefully haven't settled. You are looking for the next job. You're looking for the next country to go to. You're looking for the next educational opportunity. You're looking for the next relationship. And Abraham, he goes to Gerar. The text doesn't tell us why he goes, but I just imagine a man who is used to moving. is like uh, he's used to moving, cannot help but to move. You see in, in, in chapters before, in chapter 12, Abraham goes to Gira, I mean to to, to to Egypt because he wanted to save his family from a famine. None of you understand what a famine is, but basically famine is without food and, and, and water, so you, you have to move to another place in order to survive. But here the text doesn't say that he goes because of a famine. The text says he goes because he goes. And some of us are going because we go. But when he gets to Girah, the text says some men meet him there and they ask him about his relationship with his wife. And they say to him, hey, tell us, who is she to you? And the Bible says that Abraham said, she is my sister. How come a wife? moves from wife to sister Uh, ladies come on talk to me for a moment you go to that party and you enter the door and the guy at the door asks you who is this to you and your husband said this is my sister I'm sure none of you would like that. In fact, you will look at him funny and in fact, you say, you know what? You go to the party alone. I'm not going to be party of your lies. But understand, my brother and my sister, that Abraham had been used to this gimmick of switching his, switching his wife to sister. You remember with me that in Genesis chapter 12, he goes to Egypt and, and as, as a habit in his life, Abraham is asked by Pharaoh's people, who is this woman to you? Abraham says, she is my sister. So can you follow what, I'm, what, I'm, what is happening here? Abraham has relapsed back to the old gimmick of switching the relationship of his wife to sister. She is my sister abraham is presenting a different kind of reality than what is real he's presenting an appearance not based on reality he is saying she is my sister that's not the reality that's the appearance but the reality is that she is his wife (laughs) and some of us are very good at that we present the appearance not the reality and so we are not so uh, comfortable to stand up for our faith and our beliefs. And so because we're not so comfortable, when we are asked who we are, we, 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 we don't answer correctly. We don't answer with a lot of confidence. We, we don't say, I'm a Christian. I believe in God. We say, you know what? I believe in, I believe in a higher power. I believe that there's somebody up there. But we, we are a little bit ashamed to mention the name Christ. We're a little bit ashamed to mention the name of God. And, and many of us are good at that. We, we want to pretend to be what we are not. We, we want to look as if we got money when we don't have money. We want to look as if we're educated, but we're not, we're not educated. We are good at presenting appearance instead of the reality. And here Abraham switches. He moves from reality to appearance. She's my sister. Man, this church is quiet this morning. I don't know, man. I'm feeling uncomfortable because I don't know if you're getting me or what, but I'm going to continue preaching. You see, the text goes on to tell us that Abraham tells her, yeah, she's my sister. In fact, he goes on to explain so many things, but I'm going to get to that point a little bit later. She is my sister. Never mind Sarah's dignity, right? Never mind how she would feel about this. She is my sister. You know why Abraham did this? Because Abraham wanted to save his own neck. He said, Sarah, you are very beautiful. People are going to look at you and kill me and take you. So, in order for me to save me, let's say that you are my sister so that I can save me. Never mind what happens to you, whether he, you're taken, whether you're taken as another man's wife, that, that's your business. But let's talk about me. Let, let's save me. And so here we find a man who is abusing his own family for his own selfish gain. And here we find a woman who loves her husband to a fault that she is willing to do what the husband says because she wants to show him love. What a sad story. She is, uh, my sister, the text says, and here it is, my brother, my sister, the gimmick worked. Mm -hmm. The gimmick worked because Abraham wasn't killed, but it didn't work because his wife was taken. He lost control of a situation which he thought he was under control. And how sad is that when we utilize, hear me carefully, when we utilize gimmicks to control situations, we we lose control of the very situations we wanted to control. Mm Mm-hmm. We use gimmicks in our lives i call them faithless gimmicks because we want to control a situation but unfortunately because faithlessness always doesn't work we lose control of the situation which we intended to control in the first place so abraham calls her my sister because he wants to save his life but in saving his life he is losing his wife hallelujah sometimes you want the job but when you get the job you lose your faith am i talking to somebody sometimes you want to make that money, but making that money, you're losing your family. You don't have time with your family. Am I talking to somebody? My brother and my sister, understand me that when we use a faithless gimmicks, we end up losing control when we wanted to have the control in the first place. Sometimes we are presented with these gimmicks like you just take a pill, right? And and it's going to make the weight just evaporate from you. Drop off your hips and drop off your shoulders. What? The last time that I heard is that if you want to really make it work, go to the gym. Uh huh. Come on car free day. Uh huh. Eat right. Uh huh and exercise and that's going to work my brother my sister ain't no pill going to work in fact if you wear these belts let say you just wear the belt and it's going to it's not going to work you got to put in the work and so here is a man who is using a gimmick but the gimmick hasn't worked and for the second time this man called abraham loses his wife hadn't he learned it he loses his wife again. And he tells me that this is a man who has returned to his vomit. He's drinking, he's eating his own vomit. He has relapsed. And many of us, <laughs> we are just like Abraham. We are just like him. We relapse. You know, in uh, 1992, the Hoover Company, the British uh, section of the Hoover Company, they, um, they, put, they put a gimmick in play. And so the gimmick was this. Uh, we have a, they were promoting a, a, a vacuum cleaner. I haven't seen too many vacuum cleaners here in Indonesia because not a lot of, not a lot of carpets, right? But you know, they were promoting this vacuum cleaner and, and they said, and the vacuum cleaner was costing the amount of $100 or 100 pounds, forgive me. And so they said, if you buy this vacuum cleaner, we're going to give you an airplane ticket. Because they believed that by, Having people buy this vacuum cleaner, they would have make they'll make more profit. You understand my sister? They'll make more profit. But the profit, hear me carefully, was 30 million pounds. But the deficit because of this vacuum cleaner gimmick was 50 million pounds. So they lost 20 million pounds. You understand what I'm saying? My brother and my sister, do not miss me. When you use a gimmick, you're always going to lose. When you use a gimmick, you're always going to lose something precious. Instead of making profit, you are incurring losses. And therefore, I heard this morning, you must, you must utilize what I call a BCP. <laughs> to, to try to recover the situation. But sometimes because you haven't understood that by using a gimmick, you have lost your BCP. Whatever plan you make does not work. So my brother, my sister, hear me carefully. Relapses are real, but relapses a viral we are told that the bible says Abimelech king of Gerar sent and he took Sarah Abraham's relapse like a virus infected the dignity of his wife the wife lost her standing as a wife and so it infected like a virus his wife it not only infected his wife it infected a man a leader of a nation god says to abimelech abimelech because you have taken another man's wife you are a dead man and so the bible says you have you are you're a dead man and could it be that sometimes when we relapse we have pronounced on people a death sentence have mercy i don't have time to get into that you see abraham's relapse infected a, a whole nation Look, look at this A whole nation, the security of a whole nation is taken away. The Bible text says that when the people hear from the king that he is a dead man, they understood that they are also dead people. And so the Bible says that they were afraid. Abraham's relapse affected the fertility of a whole household. Listen to me carefully. A whole household, the Bible says, because Abraham, Sarah's wife, was taken, (laughs) the whole house was the, the womb was closed and so it tells me that they couldn't have babies, they couldn't have children. And so Abraham's gimmick was a curse to a whole family. Hallelujah, have mercy. And here it is. This is a beautiful point in the text. I'm going to get back to this at the end of the message. But the text says uh, Abraham was a prophet and therefore his, uh, his gimmick, his relapse affected his own image. Abraham is not a hero in this story. He is a villain in this story. He's not the God we are supposed to look to. We have to say, Abraham, I don't want to be like you. How come a man of God, a prophet, one who believes in the name of the Lord God, he is lying. And not only is he hurting his own image, he's hurting the image of God. And so my brother, my sister, the, <laughs> the relapses that you have, they don't only affect you. The Bible says, not the Bible, but according to my mother's Bible, her own translation. You know, You know, parents have Bibles. You know, you know what I'm talking about? They always tell you the same thing, right? You know, they always tell you the same thing. You understand what I'm saying? My brothers understand. Your you parents may not understand this, but our parents always come to us with the same verses. Make sure you do right. Make sure you do. My, my, my mom also has a Bible version. It's called the Susan Temple version. And when she talks to me, she comes to me, she says, Henry, make sure you understand that no man is an island. She has preached me to me this message as long as I've been away from her. She always calls me, Henry, remember you're not an island. You are connected to people. She uses that as motivation to me. And I've said that to you in another sermon. And so I want you to understand you're not an island. Your life is not just you. Yeah, I know you might be living by yourself, but your life is not just you. If there's anything about the coronavirus that's taught us that it may start in Wuhan, but it can affect the whole world. Mm -hmm. And now we are thinking about closing churches We're thinking about not having worship. We're doing it right here, right now because we want to be cautious, right? But this is the reality. And so my brother, my sister, look at your life and realize that what I do is not just me. It's uh, those around me. I'm not alone in this world. God is is there. But here's something that I want you to understand. Abimelech is affected, infected by the relapse of Abraham. But Abimelech says, nah, God, look. Listen, God. Listen, God. Listen, God. Look, God. He asked God a question. What did he ask God? I don't hear you. What did he ask God? He asked God a question. He says, God, look, will you slay a righteous man? Will you slay a righteous nation? God, I didn't know that she was another man's wife. Therefore, I took her. Lord, are you going to judge me for doing that? I did it in my ignorance, Lord. In fact, look, I I did it in the integrity of my heart. I did it in the innocency of my hands. Abraham is saying, the thought process that I had and the actions that I took were not things that I did with intent. I did them out of ignorance and so Lord are you going to do this for me do this to me Lord no it cannot be fair and so Abimelech is questioning God and sometimes we do need to question God sometimes you need to ask Lord I lost a job how come I lost a job I reported early I was there on time why am I being demoted and not being promoted Lord why did he cheat on me I was faithful I was this so why did that happen to me I was healthy Lord I exercise every day I did this lord why did it happen to me sometimes we need to ask god the question lord why don't ask the pastor because the pastor can't answer the question amen Mm -hmm. don't come to me with your why questions i don't know how to answer them but go to god and say lord hey please nah nah this time no this is just too much lord the the losses are too much Mm, lord you have to explain to me I, i i don't know maybe lord maybe i haven't been praying enough maybe that's why Maybe I haven't been serving, Lord, enough. Maybe, Lord, whatever. But allow me to tell you, my brother and my sister, it is okay. It is not an act of faithlessness when you ask God what's going on. You are simply wanting to understand. And so this man, Abimelech, this king, who has been infected by the relapse of a man of God, who... Oh, that's, that's really, that really touches me because as a pastor, you like, man, I can infect people by my actions. Pray for me, please, please, pray for, pray for me. Pray for your pastors. Here's a man of God who has infected another man. Lord, 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 Lord. You see, my brother, and my sister, allow me to put it to you like this. Abraham's, Abimelech's ignorance was not bliss. You know how some of us, we say, I didn't know. Did you have a meeting? I didn't know. Did you do an assignment? I, I, I didn't know that we had an assignment. You're ignorant, right? You don't know. You don't understand. you you, you, you get what I'm saying. But because, just because you're ignorant doesn't mean that you have not incurred the guilt. Oh, you don't hear that. Just because you're ignorant doesn't mean you have not incurred the guilt. And so Abraham, what God wants to understand, just because you're ignorant doesn't mean that you are not guilty. Just because you don't know doesn't mean that you're not wrong for what you don't know. Yes, sometimes what you do not know does hurt you. And so here God is showing Abimelech that, hey, my brother, let's come back to this. Let's talk about this and let's figure this out. And so I want to come back. You see, sometimes though, sometimes though with God, even though you do not know, but just because you did it, the intent is there. You see, Jesus would say, just because you have looked at her, the intention is for you to commit adultery with her. Just because you're angry with him, your intention is to kill him. Abimelech didn't know that it was another man's wife, but you read verse number four, the intent by taking another man's wife was to him to sleep with her. Don't 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 miss what I'm saying. He intended to sleep with the woman and therefore God is looking at this situation. You are ignorant about it, yes, but the intent was there. Uh Uh-huh. You wanted to do it. Because you wanted to do it, therefore you are guilty because you wanted to do it. So God always looks at the intent. Why did you text him? What's the intent? Why did you come to church today? What's the intent? Uh Uh-huh. Why did you go to work today? What's the intent? What got you up at night? What is the intent of you getting on the plane and going to Bali? What is the intent? God is not interested in what you do, He's interested in the reasons of why you do what you do. Ah, The church is not listening to me this morning, but that's all right. I'm gonna continue preaching, brother and sister. Hear me carefully God is is an analyzer, He doesn't look at the tree. God looks at the root. God is interested in the fertilizer you're putting in the root. And the fertilizer is that intentions, right? You're growing the root and that root, it grows the tree, right? And it shows up in our actions. And so God is saying to Abimelech, Abimelech, mm, I know you were ignorant about it, but your intent for this woman was wrong. So what are your intentions for the things that you do? What motivates you to do what you do? God is interested in that. But I want you to understand, my brother, and my sister, that this man is innocent of a wrong crime. But God wants him to understand, and you and me to understand, that uh, relapses sometimes are irrational. Because you see, when he talks to God, this man, Abimelech, talks to God, he has another interview with Abraham. And he goes to Abraham and says, Abraham, let's talk about this. God has told me I have had bad intentions for your wife. Though they were not bad intentions because she was your sister, but God is saying I had bad intentions. And so my brother, hear me carefully. Let me just put that out there. When God has told you something is wrong, even though it may not look wrong, it is wrong. Let me me leave that. But God has told me that my intentions are wrong. But why did you do, do this to me, Abraham? Why did you lie to me? What, what wrong did I do to you? In fact, the text says, what sin did I do to you? What crime did I commit to you? Abraham, why am I in this situation? Why have you disadvantaged me? Why have you put me at a, at a place where I feel like I've lost control of my life? Uh, why, Abraham? And so here it is. Abraham gives a reasoning. He says, Abimelech, when I was coming here and uh, as I was thinking with my wife... I figured that the, the people in this place are immoral. I figured that there is no, there is no uh, code of conduct. I figured that you don't have laws. But here it is, my brother my sister. Do not miss this. Allow me to paint this to you. You see, Abraham was going to Gerar, a country. And for me, a country suggests that there are laws. Did you hear what I'm saying? For there to be a king, it means that there must be some kind of code of conduct. But Abraham, he critiqued the situation. And he says, I think you guys are not good people. And sometimes that's how we make relapses. Because we concluded that the situation is is, is not as we think it is. And because of that, we make mistakes. But here's another reason. Do you miss what I'm saying? Abraham says, listen to me carefully. He says, because I thought. I think i'm going back to the same verse what did i do here no i'm going back to i talked about that already sometimes you get confused as a preacher uh, somebody pray for the pastor hey, amen 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 come on now sometimes it's like that you need to pray for the pastor but hey, check this genesis 20 verse 12 the text says the second critique right you don't have the fear of god right i talked about that but here's a second critique of of abraham abraham says you know what king <clears throat> the thing is The thing is, notice he talked about morality first, but now he's going into technicality. Uh, You see, King, the the thing is, technically speaking, technically speaking, some of us like technicality. Technically speaking, she's my sister. Because she is the daughter of my father, but not the daughter of my mother. So Abraham was uh, correct, and he's hiding behind a half-truth. Ooh. <laughs> some of us like those half-truths. <laughs> so he talks about morality, then he talks about technicalities, and then here is what he says: this this third reasoning. <laughs> Don't miss this, is the Timmy. This is this is powerful. Look, look at this. Abraham says, At every place whither we shall come, say of me, he's my brother. So Abraham is is, is developing the point. He's saying that look, me and my wife, we made a strategy. That every place we go to, she is going to switch from my wife to my sister. So says, I remember he says, your morality was not good. Technically speaking, she is my sister. By the way, king, I have to be careful about the things that happen in my life. And so Abraham, listen to me carefully. Sister Areth, Sister Audrey, listen to me carefully. We look for loopholes to explain our relapses. Notice a loophole. You make a knot, right? Brother Johannes, you make a knot. But if you look at this carefully, they are knots, but they are little holes. And so many of us, we, we make loopholes. We, we try to find, how can I fit in? Not destroy the circle, but I need to fit in. Well, you're not dating a guy who believes in your same faith. Uh, I'm trying to do dating evangelism, Loophole oh you know you're not supposed to be putting that to your to your mouth a little wine is good for the body pastor you understand that in fact in fact this young brother timothy was told by paul that he needs to drink a little alcohol so that he can be strengthened in his body never mind that god said wine and alcohol is a marker and strong drink is not good never mind that but the loophole is there and so sometimes that's what we do we we are told by god you are eating your own vomit you're relapsing you're doing what is wrong but god listen listen you don't get it i did it because i did this and this i'm actually good so abraham looked for a loophole but his loopholes don't make sense number one when he talks about morality the, the nation was a nation so they have some kind of laws and in fact for the fact that abimelech is talked to by god it means that there was morality in him do you understand what i'm saying Think about that. God is talking to a man who is not an Israelite. But the man is able to hear God. And so do not judge people. Just because they are on the outside. Doesn't mean that they don't know God. Or they don't know what is right or wrong. And sometimes we look at people like that. And Abraham is doing the very same mistake that we make. And then sometimes we argue on those technicalities. And we say Lord it wasn't like this. It it was A, B. And uh, stop that. You see. Relapses are real. Amen. Amen. Relapses are viral. Amen. Ah, only this side said amen, so I'm going to preach to these guys. Relapses are viral. Amen. Relapses are also irrational. Amen. But the good news is, <laughs> the good news is, let me, let me tell you the good news is, when you relapse, God restores no, your amens almost make me feel I need to put on a jacket because I feel cold. They don't warm me up. When you relapse, remember God restores. And so here it is, my brother, my sister. God comes to Abimelech in a dream by night, brother Johannes. And he says to him, look, I know you are ignorant about the intent. I know that you didn't know that. But I want you to restore the man's wife. Give her back. She's not yours. And some of us need to give back things that are not ours. Give back because she is not yours. If you do not give her back, you are going to suffer. Allow me to put it to you like this. Abraham has made a mistake. But yet God says, give her back. Abraham does, God doesn't tell Abraham, Abraham, you made a mistake. You, you have committed to sin. No, he doesn't talk to Abraham. He, he says to Abraham, Abraham, give her back. I see here the grace of God. Sometimes my brother and my sister, you may relapse you may make mistakes you may be foolish but god is so good that he will allow what you have lost to come back to you somebody say hallelujah. hallelujah so god restores the man's wife and here it is abimelech i love abimelech for me abimelech is the hero in the story abimelech the bible says oh i am going too fast man i know i'm going too fast let me slow down I, I was told that i was going too fast last time so let me slow down let me slow down. So here Abimelech says, he took sheep and oxen, men servants, women's servants, and gave them to Abraham. Now, you, you need to pause. This is strange, Dicky, because how does a man who has wronged you, mm, how, why do you enrich in him? <laughs> Are you seeing that? Abraham has been the one in the wrong, but yet he becomes richer for his wrong. <laughs> we can say, corruption. <laughs> You know what? He he needs to go to the corruption bureau of uh, of Indonesia. He is a corrupt man. He has done what is wrong, but he gets richer because of it. And the Bible says that uh, Abimelech, uh, brother Leah, restored the man's wife. And here I see a picture of the grace of God. That sometimes when we make a mistake, God is so good that He will overlook the mistake and He will bring you back when you didn't need to be brought back. So Abimelech. <laughs> Is a good man and and I see the grace of God in in this story and, and and Abraham is enjoying the grace of God and and here's the next thing that amazed me Abimelech says you know what <clears throat> I want you to choose whatever place you want to go to I mean you want to live in mentang of Gira you can live there <laughs> you want to live at the presidential palace build your house right there Abimelech, uh, Abraham choose I don't know if this is amazing you, but it is just blowing my mind. He's making the man richer, and then he says, choose the best place you want to to live at. It's like somebody steals from your house. They take away something precious, maybe your, your your trophy you got in college. And you find out that they have stolen it, but then you say, you know what? I want you to sleep in the master's bedroom. This is what Abimelech is doing to Abraham, and I wanted in my mind why, but I just couldn't get away from the thought that it is the grace of God. It is the grace of God. Because Abimelech should have been like Pharaoh and said, "You know what? Get out." Instead of telling him, "Get out," he gives him a visa, <laughs> no, not a visa. Permanent residency. <laughs> you stay right here. I wanted it in my mind, and I kept thinking to myself. Brother Priory, this is nothing but the grace of God. Wherever you want, go and live there. And then, oh, this is the most amazing part of the story. Uh, Abimelech says to Sarah, you know, Sarah, um, I have given. Now notice, I have given your brother. Huh? It doesn't say I've given your husband because Abimelech still sees her as the oh he sees her as the man's brother because the the reality that Abraham had painted is that she is his sister and so he sees her like that and I find that like a little joke on him hey yeah, your brother you know your brother hey? he gives her a thousand pieces just to give you context a thousand pieces was a lot of money it was 25 pounds it took a, for Abraham to buy a field it was like 400 pieces of silver Just to say he's sorry, he gives her a thousand pieces. The grace of God. The grace of God. And he says, behold, your husband is your covering. Uh, This is old language. Let me put it to you in a context you would understand. Abimelech is saying, Sarah, I'm so sorry. Abraham made a mistake. I made a mistake. I'm so sorry. You are a woman of dignity. You are a woman of who deserves honor your husband didn't treat you with honor but you are a woman who deserves honor the man who wasn't her husband treated her better than her own husband how sad it is that sometimes people on the outside treat us better than people in the inside how sad it is that our own family members don't treat us as good as our co-workers How sad it is that our own pastors don't treat us as good as the pastors on the outside. How sad it is that the people you worship with do not treat you as good as the people on the outside. How sad it is, but I see the grace of God. I see the grace of God, and when God restores you, it is because of his grace. He he doesn't only restore you to restore you. He restores you and gives you more than what you had when when you were not restored. Let me put it another way. When you lose what you lose, and when God gives it back to you, he gives it to you more than what you needed or that you wanted. God comes like that. That's the grace of God. That's not my sermon. Uh, but allow me to put it to you like this. Because I can tell you that it is the grace of God right, happening right here. I can tell you that God is so good and, and so kind. And that's what's happening in the story. No. What is happening in the story is that God behaves like this. Because God was thinking about the purpose. The purpose of the life of Abraham. The life of Abraham. I don't know how much time I have. I think I've gone long at this. Somebody tell me the time, please. Come again. All right. No, no problem. Can I work with 10 more minutes with you guys? That's all right. Praise the Lord. God thought about the purpose of Abraham. Let me help you to understand this purpose. Abraham was a man who was called with his wife at the age of 75. He was called to go to a land he didn't know. He was called to go to the from the earth of the Chaldees to go to a land he didn't know. God says, I'm gonna bless you, I'm gonna give you things in your life. But yet, as soon as you read in, in Genesis chapter 12, you come to a very important attention in the story of Abraham. The Bible is saying, God gonna bless you Abraham God is gonna take your places Abraham but the point of the story is his wife is impregnable she is pretty but she can't get pregnant She doesn't have a child. And so from the very beginning of the story of Abraham is a man who has been called by God. A man who has a purpose to populate the whole world. A man who has a purpose to be a blessing to the whole world. But his wife doesn't have a kid. In fact, she can't have kids. And so when you read the whole story of Abraham is this purpose that is happening and God has to remind Abraham again and again and again Abraham you're gonna have a kid I know you wanted Ishmael but that's not my kid you're gonna have a kid and so when Abimelech took his wife he jeopardized the purpose of Abraham to have this kid who was supposed to be a blessing to the world are we together and therefore God is saying Abraham my purpose for your life is more important than the mistake you have made <laughs> my brother and my sister let me pause right there and just park the homiletical sermonic car and so that you can stop and, and look at it and, and get a point of what it, what i'm saying my brother i'm my sister god has a purpose for your life And because of the purpose, God will do whatever it takes to make sure that the purpose never loses, never loses, you never get off track, it stays on track. And so God stepped in for Abraham because of the purpose. The Bible says every man who is in Jesus is a new creation, brother Ernest. And being a new creation, it means that you are supposed to do great things. Uh, Are we together? You have been called to be a Christian to do great things. And so sometimes you may do crazy things at the office, but you still have a job at the office because God knows you have a purpose. You are the only person who can tell about Jesus in your office. Sometimes you might do crazy things, but your family doesn't cast you away because God knows you are the only person who he can use to accomplish this purpose. And so God wasn't thinking about his grace alone. He was thinking about this purpose because had Abraham not accomplished this purpose, you and me wouldn't be sitting here. The purpose. God thought about the purpose. And I want you to see it in, 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 in the text. The here is the point in the text purpose God says he's a prophet to Abimelech his purpose is that he's a prophet he's a man of God I know he has sinned against you he has made a mistake against you but he is a prophet (laughs) he has been called by me and I know that you need the healing that he can give you and that's why God says oh let me let me let me let me go back I think I'm rushing Uh, but I want you to see it in the text I didn't put the, I didn't put the verse there forgive me but you see in the story there is something important than you to see you see Abimelech when he took Sarah Valerie get me she's looking at me intently when he took her Abimelech could not sleep with her the verse number four says he had not come near her not because he didn't want to because when you marry a woman the first night <laughs> let me not go too far but when you marry the first night things are supposed to go down but he didn't go down because, uh, come on now, because God had given him some kind of disease. So he couldn't function. <laughs> so Abraham, God tells Abraham, God tells Abimelech, Uh, Abraham is a prophet and if he prays for you he's gonna heal you of your disease and when he heals you of your disease your whole family is gonna have kids and so God wants us to understand that it is all about the purpose and so you might have made a mistake in your life whatever it is I do not know but because God is so good God can still use you sometimes I hear brother Adrian people come to me all the time pastor i feel like god is not using me and i tell them you know what the fact that you came to me shows me that god is still willing to use you just because your prayer life is not as strong it's not so hot it's not lit doesn't mean that god ain't lit for you (laughs) god don't give up god is the persistent lover he is that guy who you stand up on a date but the next time he's still going to ask you out for a date <laughs> god is that guy who if you run up the bill at the restaurant he's going to pull out his wallet and pay for the bill amen god is that persistent and because he loves you so much and because he sees what you can be because he sees what you can become he never lets you go so god was thinking about uh, the purpose he is a He's a prophet. He's a prophet. You see, in 2011, it's a little emotional story, but in 2011, I didn't want to preach a sermon anywhere. I was in college at the time. I didn't want to preach. People asked me left and right, Pastor, can you preach? No. I've never said no to a preaching moment. Never, ever in my life. I've never done that. So pastor, can you preach? I said no. 2011, I didn't preach a single sermon. And I was in theology school. Studying to be a pastor. This guy right here. The reason why I didn't want to preach, I felt like my life is not where it needs to be. I felt like I'm in an environment, because you see, I had never attended an Adventist school. I, let me just put, maybe, maybe make it more plain for you. I'd never been in a Christian school my whole life. I'd been used to going to public schools. And yeah, public schools, man, we kiss in the hallways. We, anything goes, man. Let me not go too deep into that, but praise the Lord. Pass that by. <clears throat> When I come to this Christian school, I realize that they are just as bad as people on the outside. And in fact, they, they do worse things than those on the outside. I had guys jumping the fence to go to club on the weekend, on, on Friday night. I had guys and, and girls in, the, in, in, in rooms doing kind of stuff. And I'm like, what kind of place am I in? Am I in Babylon or something? That really discouraged my faith. And I said, man, I, why am I even a preacher in the first place? And I said, no. I said, no. I said, no. I said, no. But guess what? I'm here preaching to you right now. (laughs) Because God had to remind me. He had to remind me that I have called you for a purpose. There is an Indonesia you need to go to. There is a Sister Lydia you need to meet. Hallelujah. There is a Brother Sutarsa you need to meet. Hallelujah. There are people that you need to preach to and therefore I'm not going to give up on you i'm gonna remind you and and my brother my sister god is so good in fact the reason why i preach is a reminder that god has a purpose for my life and sometimes when i preach my greatest sermons when i give my greatest prayers it's not because i'm on a high level in fact i'm at a low level but god has to remind me you got to preach you got to pray don't give up i haven't given up on you you are a prophet and some of you here are prophets You are teachers. You are singers. I don't know. God has called you for a purpose. And please do not give up. Let God use you. Yeah, you may relapse. Go back to your vomit. I think let me cut this off. Uh, You may relapse and go back to your vomit. Do the very nasty. But God doesn't give up. He doesn't give up on you. Let me give you a few keys. A few keys to remind you. A few keys to avoid the relapse, to avoid the vomit. Let me give you a few keys, a few keys. Remember not to trust your gimmicks. Don't try to get control using your own abilities, right? Don't don't be like Abraham. Don't do wife to sister switches. Forget that. It doesn't work. You're losing something. Don't, Don't trust that. It doesn't work. Stop that. Your texting is not going to work. Stop that. Get on your knees. On your knees. Stop that. Stop using your own ways. Trust God to help you do the things that you need to do. Amen? That's the first key. The second key. Remember those around you. Don't allow them to be infected. Hmm? Think about your daddy and your mommy and your sister and your brother. Think about your pastor and your church members. Think about that. It's okay (laughs) to... Namaste... You, you want to think about that. You don't want them to be infected. It's okay not to extend your hand because you don't want to, you don't want to infect them. So keep it. Protect them. Think about those around you. You, you, are, you are not an island. Remember who you are. You're a prophet. God has a purpose for your life. It don't matter what reputation you have. It don't matter what people think about you. Remember God can still use me. God can still use me. Remember God can utilize those who relapse. And I know there's some relapses in here. You've gone back. Prayer life is coming to church. It's like you have a virus in you. Corona is eating you up. Remember God has a plan for your life. When you relapse, remember God restores. Do you know why dogs like to go back to their vomit? We look at vomit and we don't want to get near it. We want to move away from it. But when a dog looks at the vomit, he looks at it because his olfactory nerves. uh, Doctor, help me out they are so strong that he can sense 300 times stronger than a human smell and and so a dog doesn't see vomit a dog sees food and some of us our factory nerves look at our own vomit and we think that is food but the solution to get rid of that situation, dog owners, you know what dog owners do? Dog owners, they will take the dog and remove them from the vomit so that they don't eat the vomit. Because some of these dog owners like to kiss and, and, and you know, that kind of thing with the dog. I'm sorry, I don't do that, but that's, that's, they like to do that. And so they're like, you're not going to eat your own vomit because I want you to move your way. My brother and my sister learn to move away because God can bring you to a place of restoration. Avoid those things and allow him to restore you.